You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A couple of listener questions here. I think we got a couple in the YouTube chat. Um, and then we'll, we will get out of here. I saw one earlier. Uh, J- Jesse Bates playing 16 games this year. Uh, John, what do you think? It's from T- Terrell Howell in the YouTube chat. I think that's a safe bet. I wouldn't say 16 starts necessarily unless one of the, one of the two stars gets injured, but I think Bates is going to contribute from day one. Um, if everything goes to, goes to plan and he'll be out there all year long now how many starts he gets how many snaps he gets is up for question but 16 games appeared in yes i would say that's safe okay so you watch a lot of film on these guys you have undoubtedly watched at least some film on jesse bates um is he the best safety on the Bengals roster right now that's tough um no because i think that's a, a tiny bit outlandish but I would say that I mean he was the highest drafted safety on the roster, right. so he has like more like yeah. yeah he's got like raw talent to him, and he can do something and he has range and deep field ability that Alokan Williams doesn't have. Um, I want to see it first before I would say that statement. But raw talent at at 21 years old, I would say in relative to like where Iloka and Williams were starting out, yeah, if you put it that way, yeah, I would say yeah. So not now, but definitely could be uh, yeah, in, in the sure. near in the near future. Yeah, I. I uh, you know, I, I've got high hopes for the guy. To be honest, I wasn't too familiar with him. Um, really, I think I think you mentioned him as one of the possibilities when you came on the program before the draft as, as a guy that the Bengals might be looking at. And I think uh, Dave Lapham also shortly before the draft saying, you know, this is a guy for, to keep an eye on on day two. And lo and behold, they, they take him. Uh, and when you see some of his plays – you know, I mean, he's he's got athleticism. He's not he's not the hardest hitter, as Sean Williams and Aloka have proven to be. But uh, he sure can turn the ball over, and that's that's something the Bengals need. So uh, I, I think I think if he's healthy, he he'll play all sixteen games. And I think someone else kind of to to make uh, a point with one of our other folks in the YouTube chat. Someone else mentioned in our last segment about great players under Marvin Lewis and Chris Crocker was, was mentioned. Um, I, I don't know if he was a great player, but he filled, he filled that slot swingman type of thing. And maybe that's where Je- the, the reason I bring that up is maybe that's where Jesse Bates mm-hmm. starts as a slot, you know, swingman type of guy. And that's how he plays a bunch of games. I don't mm-hmm. know if you think that that's a possibility or not, but um, I, I, that that's maybe where I see his initial role at least. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. One more before we get out of here. It was the, let's see who it was. Um, Dean Burke, who was most likely to st- to start on the right side of the offensive line. Obviously this is probably the most intriguing battle of train Bengals training camp is who's going to play right guard. And who's going to play right tackle. 
Um, I think most people right now would say inside track or right tackles, probably Jake Fisher, but that's, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, this almost seems to be a weekly question, but it's still worthwhile, especially since you haven't been on the, on the show for a little bit, John. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, what do you think about guard? I mean, or, or is it maybe a, a late release, you know, one of the, one of the final cuts, there's a guy that's surprisingly released the Bengals maybe make a move and bring them in. I I don't know. I think it's this group. I would okay. venture to say it, it it could be a guy coming off the streets, but if if that's the case, then I would assume maybe an injury occurred at the right guard or right tackle. Here's what I'll say: I've got pretty good experience answering this question at this point. Whoever starts, <laughs> whoever starts the sure right guard, yeah, time, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been rehearsed in this in this area. <laughs> I, I'm comfortable at least you know July 5th saying that whoever starts the right guard. I would say earned it in the sense that they would feel comfortable and I would feel comfortable because Westerman has talent. I think Hopkins started coming along towards the end of the year where he's going to be a good position to reclaim that spot. I'm not so sure about Redman. I think it's more of a 1A, 1B situation than a three-way battle. But whoever wins the battle between Hopkins and Westerman, I would feel modestly comfortable that they're going to produce an average season, which it is really like we're not expecting them to be, you know, good players or great players even. Just 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 to stay out there, have the level of play not, you know, go too high or too low. Just 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 be a good body, I guess. Right tackle, I wouldn't say the same thing. I think if Bobby Hart's out there, something bad happened with Fisher and honestly, I don't have a lot of faith that Bobby Hart can be a good NFL tackle at this point. I think he was always destined to be a guard and then the Giants had to try him out of tackle and he failed miserably. And I think Fisher's clearly the more talented player. I don't think it's close in that sense. I think they're preparing hard to be to at least compete with Abuya as the swing guy, and he either wins that or he's ultimately cut. Regardless, Fisher is the clearly better talent there, and if he stays healthy under Pollock's toolage, he's I have pretty good confidence that he's going to produce a, a, a decent season at right tackle. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting about Hart. He is listed, at least last I checked, he was listed on the Bengals' website as a guard slash tackle. Um, so it's interesting to see, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of snaps he gets in the preseason and, you know, how that affects his roster status. How confident are you and how, how, how believable do you find the, the, the good, the good stuff coming out of mini camps about a boy, he, the improvements, that, that's seen under Frank Pollock. He seems like a little bit of a different player. Uh, maybe he realizes that he's not getting that fifth-year option and he's playing for some possible decent money. Um, do you find that believable? Or have we seen who he is and that's no matter who's coaching him, I, I am what I am, as Popeye would say, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm always of the opinion that players don't change. It, it, if good players become better – Bad players just stay bad. and But I will say this. A boy he under Alexander was not a good fit in the sense where Alexander's techniques with pass protection, it's a lot of um, hug techniques and not a lot of punching. And it's kind of the opposite for Frank Pollock was more of an aggressive style of philosophy. A boy he's main strengths are, first of all, his feet and his length. And I th when he was punching that left tackle, he would – he would do a decent job, but there's still not a lot of power to him. There's still not a lot of functional strength, kind of pretty important needs as a left tackle. So I think as a player, we've seen who he is, but Pollock, I think, can get out to him to be 
a lesser version of what Anthony Collins was. You know, some guy who you could just survive with, but just as a swing tackle and not as like a full-time starter. Yeah. You wouldn't want him out there for like, you know, 50, 60 snaps a game. So in that sense, you know, I think he's going to do okay in that role as long as we don't see him too much. But regardless, at this point, it's, it's just it's just hard for me to expect him to turn into a player that was worth drafting in the first round. Because that's, that, in my perspective, that's the only way that they can get you know that that they can see that pick as, as a success obviously not not just like a career backup but just as someone who's worth a first round pick and i don't think we're ever going to see that from a boy he yeah i got a couple of little sidebar questions for you do you see do you see a boy he being an effective player maybe this year as we've seen the Bengals now granted this was under paul alexander but they have used a sixth offensive lineman kind of the jumbo tackle extra tackle Oh boy, he did it as a rookie when he finally came back from his injury just to get some snaps and some experience. Do you see that that may be something that they use him in this year, or is that not really part of Pollock's scheme? I would have to I would have to look back at some Dallas film to see if they utilize six offensive linemen because I'm not I'm not 100 confident in answering that question. But <clears throat> as a six offensive lineman, like a boy, he would be fine just because that six guy. Is mainly used to just combo block like the force player on the edge, and yeah. you know, and, and when you're not giving a boy he like a one on one where he has to you know completely seal a guy out of a gap, he can do fine. Like that's just that's just something any NFL tackle could do. And then you factor in you know a boy he's got athleticism. If if Pollock can you know maybe ha- hammer in some points about angles in terms of zone blocking, you can, you can get a solid role player out of that role. You know, like Dennis Roll Dennis Roland was always like that that guy back in the day and he was just like mall guys over because he was so big that's not really a boy he's game but you know for a lack of power you can instill an understanding of angles and just leverage and that stuff and if paula can get that under you know in a way he's mine in the next coming months he can get a, a decent player for that small role yeah last question i guess but and then we'll, we'll get out of here again it's kind of a sidebar to the initial question posted by the the fan there um are you pretty confident that Billy Price is, is a uh, Frank Pollock guy? Uh, you know, because there's been, there was talk that, hey, Ragnow was maybe the guy that they wanted all along, and they settled for Price. I mean, are you pretty confident that that's still a guy or the guy that Frank Pollock wanted and, and can do well in his scheme? From what I've heard of just about, like, that whole situation, I don't think that they feel like they settled for, for Price now. That, that, that conversation might have been different for like Bodine, you know, four years ago, but I don't think they settled, I guess, quote unquote, for price. I think he was always a guy that the not only just Pollock, but just like the entire coaching staff just fell in love with upon meeting and just wanted to bring him in as soon as possible. And I think, you know, labeling guys as like, you know, this this coach is like a, a, a kind of guy is always kind of dangerous because it can lead to some you know, bad things, and whatnot. But I think price is going to fit in fine at least. Um, under Pollock in terms of just like the culture and stuff like that. And he'll be a solid player. And I think one thing that Pollock's good at is that he's good at, you know, getting the absolute most out of out of the guys that he develops. And I don't think that'll be a problem for Price. Guy's got the biggest baby face I've ever seen. He's just this gigantic guy. Imagine <laughs> if he grew a beard though. Yeah, that would be that would be funny. He, should, <laughs> he looks he's got like this 12 year old kid face on this like gigantic body. It's just it's a weird that would complete the Whitworth trans- transformation. Always <laughs> yeah. many Whitworths. Yeah. If you can grow a beard, that, that would be no do it. Yeah, and they've got the you know the shaved dome. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, John, thanks so much for jump jumping on with us. Thanks so much for your time. I hope we make this uh, somewhat regular where you where you can come on to this program. Where can fans find 
your stuff, get in touch with you. Uh, obviously, aside from love having you on this show, part of the reason why we do is because of the positive feedback that you get from your great film breakdowns and everything on Cincy Jungle. But tell us, you know, where, where we can find your stuff and all that good stuff. I'm mainly just on Twitter, being an idiot, at John underscore underscore Sheeran. That's where you okay. can find Oh, and also the YouTube channel, DNH Sports. Uh, I do that with um, former Cincy Jungle writer, Daddy O. McDuck. And we, oh, yeah. Uh, we're on a little hiatus because uh, he had some work to do, but we should be back in full force when train, training camp starts. And along with being on the show, I hope to be on the show in the future, and you can you can find me there. Awesome. Well, tell Daddy O what's up. We miss him. But, uh, sure. yeah, tell, tell him what's up. He's, he's a good dude. Um this is the, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Again, you can get this program on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, CincyJungle.com. You can get in touch with us via Twitter at BengalsOBI and via email theobinsider at gmail.com. For John Sheeran, I'm Anthony Cazenza. Thanks so much for listening to our program. We will continue to bring you all kinds of coverage uh, throughout the summer here. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.